most people probably don't know that song, but uh, that's the Melbourne Storm team song. <laughs> Sorry, team song. Um, today's guest, Tommy Leroy Lars. Welcome, Tommy. Hey, Mick. It's um, welcome to the show. Um, again, people, just to remind, we are practicing social distancing, so there is a bit of distance between Tom and I, even though he is a big human. We've tried to say uh, stay apart. Um, so we'll just have a bit of a chat about footy, Tommy, and a, and a few different things. So, um, what's going on in Tom Leroy Lars' world these days? Oh, mate, much the same. Um, obviously, the last three or four months have been really interesting. Um, uh, working, working at schools, um, and I've been, I've done the trap around the traps at, um, since I've been back in Tamworth, and I've done a bit at Tamworth High, and then I had three years at Oxley, and now I've been at Farrah for the last um, year and a half. So, so you've done a cycle because you went to school at Farrah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I went to school here, and um, the opportunity came up to come back here and just do some work with the Indigenous kids at the school. So that's um, still with the Contour, Contour? No, this is sort of. Um, uh, just working directly with the department now, yeah, okay. um, and sort of like it's a it's a community liaison role. So I just work with the boys. Um, there's 76 Aboriginal students at the school. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, my job basically just to try and keep all those boys in check, make sure that you know welfare yeah. needs are met and um, and, and the educational side of things are sort of ticking away and doing the right thing there. But um, big big job. Yeah, it is a big job. A lot of responsibility. Haven't said that though, mate. The culture at the school is quite strong, yeah. so... Um, so a bit of a father figure for the kids, mate. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what your role is. And then obviously alongside of that, mate, I do a bit of coaching for the junior sides as well. Yep, yep. Um, and Because you, you're the Academy 18s yeah. coach. How, how'd that go this year? I mean, um, got cut short because of the, the virus, but I think we just missed out on four and against, didn't we, in the yeah, end? Yeah, and there was a game to play, so we, we still a chance still of making it if Parramatta were to go on and beat Northern Rivers, which would have been a, a big ask, but we're thereabouts, and unfortunately for us, you know, the game that we dropped was a home game against the, <laughs> the lowest standing side in the comp. Which... Was that the Central Coast here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and I, then... think, I think the boys expected to, because they had a good win the week before. Had a good week. Uh, win and then we bounced back from that quite well too and the sad thing is I feel, I feel as though that we'll probably just get into a point where we're starting to play our, our best football um, you know and it just uh, unfortunately didn't work out. And, and correct me if I'm wrong but we took we were the only team to take a point from the Titans. That's right yeah. In two years correct? Yeah. 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 And um, uh, and on top of that, I guess the other side there that were pretty um, held in pretty high regard was that uh, mid north coast side, the Bulldogs. Then we were able to come back from behind to to, um, to knock them over no, too. So uh, we, the two sides that were mathematically looking like they were going to go through, we drew one and knocked the other one over. So we we had a decent campaign, but um, still feel as though and the boys that we had there. Um, I still feel as though, you know, we probably had a, a good enough side to go on and, and win that golf. And just in your personal life, mate, you got a, a wife, lovely uh, Amber, and part of the Wadwell family. It's, uh, what's it like having Chinny and Brock as brother-in-laws? Yeah, well, yeah. Who, who's the biggest pest? Um, uh, mate, they're both actually, as, as time's gone by, they've both grown and matured quite <laughs> oh, a bit. Oh, no, well, you got to say something nice. I can't really dredge too much up on them, really, when they were younger. Um, obviously, we had they had their moments, but um, yeah, they're both like I said, as time's gone by. Um, obviously, the the fellas that you see run around the football field and um, antagonising blokes and, and scruffing <laughs> fellas and trying to be a pain in the ass. It's not usually how they um, off the field. They're different. different you know, they're both yeah. family men now, and um, yeah, so we consider them boys pretty close mates. Now you um, went down to the NRL. 
Was it NRL when you went, or was it? No, it was yes, NRL. It was NRL. Yeah. You went to the Broncos. Yep. In '98, uh, was it? 2008. Nah. Yeah, 2000 and, mm. 2003. I went down to the Bronx. Yep. Yep. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 2003. Yeah, I've got a look at it all here. Got all my stats. Done some homework on the big man. 120 NRL games all up. Mm. Um, with, with Brisbane, the Raiders, and, and the Storm. Yep. Um, just talk us through as a young kid coming from, yeah, because I think you won the University Shield with, with Farah the year before that or that year? The year before, the yeah. The year before that. Yeah, so you went before. from here to the Broncos. Yeah. Um, you spent, a, a, you know, I think the whole time at Broncos you come from the bench. Yep. But, you know, you, you NRL, we just talk everybody through that, you know, the emotions of going on, you know, you, you made your dream, you've got to where you wanted to get. Yeah, oh, it was an interesting sort of a, a feeling. Um, obviously, leaving school, um, I, I just turned 18, went to Brisbane, uh, had the pre-season there, which is a massive, um, massive shock to the system, I guess. Um, fortunate for us, we had a, a pretty hard taskmaster here, Marty Moore, as a school coach, and so it wasn't like I didn't have any grounding. Um, you know, certainly I knew what work ethic it was all about and training um, sort of things, but. When you go into an environment like that, where you're training with alongside, you know, professional guys and um, the top guys in the game, um, it was a little bit daunting. But um, yeah, it was a really good learning curve for me. Um, and I played one game of reserve grade, I think, against Tweed Heads in round one in the, in the Intrust or whatever it was at the time, Super um, Intrust Cup or whatever it was. Intrust Cup. Yeah. And um, and then yeah, round two, I made my debut for the Broncos. Right. So it was a bit premature and. Um, yeah, trust in the deep end, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, after that game, was it was it a big sigh of relief? Like I've got there. Did you feel like you'd you'd done enough to to get picked again? Obviously, you got picked. Cause I think you spent the rest of the year coming from the bench. Yeah, look, I, <clears throat> I, I went back to reserve grade a couple of times throughout that year, um, but I also picked up a few injuries. That's where probably my knee injury started that year. Um, I suffered a, a, a PCL injury, which is not a major knee injury, but it was enough to keep me out for six weeks, and it was. You know, a bit of a road back, but um, yeah, I, I spent most of my time or all my time at the Broncos coming off the bench. But um, I, I guess at a, at a time there where you know you had Sam Thido playing reserve grade, and um, and you know you had Brad Myers who would played, he was an international, he was yeah. also coming off the bench, and Carl yeah. Webb was playing reserve grade. Um, it was very hard. Like you just, I thought to myself, I was just thankful that I was in the side at all. <laughs> so yeah, you, you sort of went from there down to the. Um Went from the hot, warm, sunny country down to the cold country, down to the Raiders yeah. in 2006. Second game into the year, I think it was, if my memory serves me right, my stats are right. You, yeah. you started in the pack, in the back row. Yeah, started. The Raiders. So yeah. how, how was that? Because um, you prepare, obviously, different to coming from the bench to starting. How was that knowing that you were going to start, an yeah. actual starting position? Well, that was, a big, that was a big reason why I went down to Canberra. Yeah. Um, I realised. Yeah, well... I, Jason Croker was getting older. Um, Ruben, Ruben had just um, Ruben had just gone to the Warriors, and uh, my thought process around that was trying to forge myself into a side um, where I guess it was an opportunity to play regular starting minutes. But um, yeah, in the Bronx at the time, I looked at the the guys that they had coming through, and I just thought that maybe there was more opportunities for me in Canberra. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I think I, I started every other game I played yeah. for the next couple of years there. And um, 2010, your memory will be better than mine. Um, you played for Australia. Yep. Against yeah. uh, Papua New Guinea in the, what was it, um, 2000 and, 2010, four games for Australia. Yep. 
Um, how, how did that feel? Well, it was a really, um, it was a real achievement for me, I think, uh, particularly like that two-year period of 09 and, and 10 because um, I went to the Raiders in 06 and at the end of 06 season, um, I had a really, really bad knee injury which nearly cost me my career um, and it looked like it was going to cost me yeah. my career. Um, I did, I ruptured every ligament in my knee which is unheard of. So yeah, didn't I, I knew that you'd done your knee but I didn't realise that though. Yeah, no, I, was, I did ACL, PCL, MCL, the lateral, collateral ligament, I did everything. So I, the, the, the likelihood for me coming back from that was really, really low and um, that was the end of 2006 and I didn't see anywhere near my best football or regular football until the end of 2008 yeah. so it took me two years to basically get any sort of momentum um, back and I was on the cusp of retirement a couple of times through that period so um, I always I always uh, I look back at that and, and see how close I was to coming and pulling the pin and, and retiring and um, so in 2009 to play Origin and 2010 to make my Australian oh, yeah. I was I guess slightly uh, um, I guess overwhelmed with the fact that you know how close I've come to throwing all that op opportunities away. So um, yeah, it was a really momentous sort of a thing for me to, to get there. Yeah, and I mean, as a, as a country kid, because you're not Tim was born and bred, are you? No, nah, from Tweed Edge originally. Tweed, yeah. yeah, okay. So I don't know if they call it, count that as a country kid, but from a, from a country kid to, to achieve what you have, I mean, you've got you know, three New South Wales country jumpers, uh, three Indigenous All Star jumpers, um, four Australian jumpers, four New South Wales jumpers. Yep. Um, not many people get, you know, to, to, to brag about that. Um, do you do you feel like you you could have done more? I know you talked about your injuries and you, you feel like they probably held you back. But do you think that you would have got more than, you know, did you expect that much when you started when you first went to the Broncos? Did you expect to get to those heights? Yeah, not really. You know, I think you sort of you set your sights on on, on short term goals. Like you know, my biggest thing was trying to break into that Broncos pack. Um, and then we were going to Canberra, it was trying to break into the Bronco, uh, to the Raiders pack. Um, but the biggest thing I found was um, as time goes by and as you start to, you know, you make some little inroads and, you know, you play for a country side and, and you realise that you're, you're probably not that far off the mark, that's when you start to set your sights a little bit higher. Yep. Um, and, and I found there was no secrets to my success. Um, I knew that when I played regular football, and I, like I said, I had those injury-free periods where I could play regular games of footy, and my training regimes weren't interrupted, I'd get the best out of myself. So um, I still feel as though, you know, I, I know in my heart that if, um, you know, if the, I suppose if I, the rugby league guys are a little bit kinder in terms of, you know, the way my body was, um, I've got no doubt that I you know, could have achieved more um, than what I did, but it's the way it goes. I guess um, because you're not a small man, you're quite a big unit and mm. quite um, athletically built. Um, I guess being a big man doing a lot of the, the hard work, you tend to get some more injuries than, than the, the flashing backs. Where I'm leading there is you only scored eight tries in 120 games. Do you reckon your strike rate could have been a little bit better? Do you think that? Yeah, yeah it could have been. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, think, I'd, I'd be happy to get one try in our little own eight. I think um, I think the, the thing being is too, and this is what I noticed, I've got a lot more <laughs> pill coming out of our end than I did down that end. Um, I, I think uh, being a wide running back rower down that end of the field, um, and I was sort of coming through at a time where the sweep players were starting to really kick in. So um, I'm sure if you had a look and see who was playing fullback, maybe Clinton Chivkoski might have got a few that maybe I could have <laughs> laid claim to. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of times I looked up and I got dry run and I thought, geez, that was my chance. Uh, anyway, eight's not many. Uh, uh, mate, it's more than, more than a lot of people have got. Now, you played under Wayne Bennett. 
uh, Ricky Stewart yep. and Craig Bellamy. Um, now you've stepped into the coaching in, in the academy stuff. Yep. Who would you describe yourself as the most likely to those three? I, I guess, and I describe. Basically, trying to model myself off Craig Bellamy, I guess, um, only because I, I feel as though he was the guy that I really, uh, I really got a lot from in terms of um, you know the information and, and the way he held himself, I suppose, and the way he sort of demanded things. Um, I went down to I went down to Melbourne at the end of my career, basically to try and salvage my career. My knees were all truly gone, and it was a really long shot for me. But um, I just wanted to go down and try to. Uh, spent some time under Craig and, and, and see what had happened, you know. Um, but what I did do, uh, even though I didn't play a lot of footy down there, was sit back and, and, and obviously gain that appreciation for how he musters his troops and, and how he prepares his footy sides. And So I've tried purposely to, to model yep. myself off Craig. Now, I don't... I'd never ever profess to have the aura that he has and the way he can sort of, like I said, muster his troops and demand things from them. But certainly, that's what I'm trying to aspire to. Oh, look, mate, I, I've seen you working with the 18-year-old kids in our academy stuff, and mate, I, I think it's it's a huge asset for them, but also for the region, what you can bring back to rugby league and what those kids can take away. And they, mate, they listen. I know there's a few times you had to, to short them up with the, the good old Bellamy spray, let's call it, but they, they responded. Nine times out of ten, they responded to it, which was good. Yeah. Um, the three coaches are all very different. Um, just quickly on each. Yep. Um, I mean, they, they, Bellamy was only ever an assistant coach at, at the Raiders that I can remember. Yep. I know he played there, but they all at one stage had an association with the Raiders. Yeah, that's right. And I think if you go across the board in the NRL, everyone's the same. Like Tim Sheens was another one. Tim Sheens, Anthony Seabold played his football at the Raiders. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, you know, and that's the thing. I think it was a couple of years ago there was a stat come out um, and they did a bit of uh, an article, and I think that they, something like, 80% uh, of the NRL coaching staff had either had played for the Raiders or coached the Raiders Coach at some stage. Yeah. So, That's a good uh, stuff. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you, you go across the board there and it's pretty widespread. You look at the reps, the rep scenes, um, you know, you, Mal Meninga and um, these guys coaching um, Neil Henry. Yeah, you know, I know, yeah, he was at the Raiders. And, and see, that's a, yeah, it was a, it's a bit of a, um, I guess it's a, a, a really monumental place for like coach, starting coaching careers because Wayne Bennett started his coaching well his first grade coaching career down there and um, these guys so it's, yeah, maybe, it's, maybe they, they wanted to be successful so they got picked up and taken to warmer climates maybe yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, no, funny Mate, well, just, just on each coach give me one word Wayne Bennett um well man manager man manager yeah uh, Ricky Stewart um in all honesty I didn't spend enough time under Ricky to, to be able to say um, definitively. Um, so Neil Henry was the coach when you were there? Neil Henry yep. um, and, and David Ferner. Okay, oh, um, give, Ricky, me, give, me, but, give me one word on those two. So David Ferner, um, probably Fernsey, um, he's passionate, a very passionate guy. So I'd say Fernsey's passionate because he's he's a Canberra man. Through and through. Through and through. And he, I think his old man was CEO there. Yeah, he was, mate, yep, yep. And his brother brother is a CEO yep. now. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and yeah, just a you know, just he's a Canberra man through and through. So yeah, very passionate. Craig Bellamy. Um, he's a master. He's he's intense. You know, I suppose like I suppose one word would be just intense. You know what I mean? He's 
He's um, he lives and breathes rugby league, yeah. and he said, I think he just sees the game through a different set of eyes, mate. To be honest with you, yeah. I've sat in video sessions with him and um, watching analyse games and break them down and just go, well, that's just a completely different way of looking yeah, at football. Look at it. yeah. um, now, just when you, you spent, like I said, 120 games in the NRL, and again, you're a big unit. So when you walk down the street, you're, you're pretty noticeable. It's not like you blend in really well. What was it like? Um, living in inside that NRL bubble, like was it was a, a pain in the ass? Let's say like to go and get a coffee, you'd get swamped, or did you pretty much get left alone? No, Canberra was a really good place, um, mate. Canberrans, um, you know, they'd smile and nod and wave or whatever, and, and some blokes would want to pull up and have a yarn. But mate, for the best part, everyone was so respectful of your, your space and your personal time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is a very small community. It's much the same as Tamworth, so you didn't mind. A lot of the faces you saw are faces you saw regularly. Yeah, yeah. So the novelty wears off. And um, <laughs> oh, that's like, Tommy. We 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 walked down. Like I used to go down. There. I think Chris Cairns used to live down the road from me. Um, you know the um, New Zealand cricketer. Um, you had Patria Thomas. You know lived down the road. So I'm sure they just got their fair. They just like it was just yeah. really seen the Mariam. It's just it's just Tootsie Croker was the unofficial mayor when I was down there. He's the one that got smart. Everyone loved Toots and oh. yeah. Now, um, growing up as a kid, was, was obviously your your dream to play that that level of footy. Yeah, mate, it was. And the thing being is, and that's that's the I guess the, the I loved rugby league and loved playing. Um, and you know, we spoke about injuries, and that's the reason why I stayed there. That's the reason why, because I knew that once the dream was over, it was over. Um, and I think you said like 120 games in 12 seasons of rugby league. You do the math. Nice. Ten games a year. It's pretty ordinary, but. Yeah, don't be too harsh on yourself, mate. Oh, mate, like, I think at one stage there I looked at it and I'd, I'd played 120 out of 265 games. Oh. So I debuted the same round as Cooper Cronk. When he was playing his 300s, I was playing me, <laughs> I was playing me 120th. So, I, like I said, I just fell apart at the yeah, scene. he's a pretty boy halfback. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, like I said, that's the reason why I kept coming back and, um, you know, like I wanted to rehab and, and get back out in the field because I knew that. And once once it all dried up and it was over and done with, it's it's done, you know. And oh, it's um, it's sad for you see these guys getting around now and uh, coaching these young kids. I just hope they realise that, how much of a novelty it is to be able to play footy with your mates and enjoy their company and enjoy the contest because it's, mate, it's a part of your life you just never you, get back. You make lifelong friends. I remember it wasn't that long ago, we, um, I think at Coles Harbour where you ran into Michael Ennis and the boys, and yeah. it was like you, you weren't even out of the system. It was, uh, it was like you were still part of the brotherhood, so to speak, you know what I mean? It well, was um, that's lifelong it. friends are made out of rugby league. Yeah, mate, and you get real chummy, and there's some guys there that you don't even really know. Like, there's guys there that I've had very little to do with. Um, but you've just crossed paths with them over the years in different different places, and you know it might have been just to shake shake the hand and say good day and that. But it, you just uh, you get excited to see them yeah. and say good day, and you see where their life's taken them beyond football, and uh, they're good stories because it's it's a buddy, it's a tough thing. And I'll tell you now, the transition from rugby league into everyday life is is really hard. Yeah, well, we're coming to that part now, mate. Um, just coming out of the NRL back to the you know, back to the bush because I, I don't think you come straight out of the storm back to North. Did you have a year off and then back to the bush footy? No, I had an operation early in that year, and I, I um, you know, I had, I didn't, yeah. So I played. That was a, that was the first year after retirement. Yeah. But the year before that, I only played. I played one game in round two, and I played another game a bit later, and then I had three consecutive knee operations. So I hadn't played for. <laughs> Jeez. I hadn't played for, yeah. 
for a while. So, so yeah, nearly nearly two years. How, how was that transition going from? Now, Norse is a professional outfit. There's no denying that. Yeah. As a bush club, they're very, very professional in everything, every aspect of the game. But how was it going from the NRL professionalism back to the bush footy, where it's you know, a little bit not as intense, let's say? Oh, look, it was to me. It was about playing from footy with my brother-in-laws. Mm. You know, like I really wanted to. I really wanted to play. Um, you know, just a couple of games with the boys, just to say I'd. You know, I'd done that. You know, I'd say I'd. I started going out with his sister when I was 15 or 16 years of age. They only. Only 12 or 13 years yeah, old, yeah. so I'd known these boys for a long time, and I, I, you know, like I just thought it'd be a real novelty to be able to have a couple of games. So and just to get, get, to get a grand final with them, to get a better. grand final was great, you know. And we, I mean, the professionalism of those guys for a country rugby league club's great. You know, they train hard. You know, they they love each other's company, um, and to me, it was a really refreshing way to finish up. Before I only played three games of footy that year. Yeah. Um, you know, and people think I've. You know, I've heard people say that I only come back to <laughs> the last three games. That's not the case. I've heard if well, I could have played more, I would have. You know, people always come up with things like that. Now, it would have been a fantastic way, like you said. You, you basically grew up with the family, so to retire officially, retire your rugby league career with your with your family with a grand final victory, you probably couldn't ask for a much better ending to your your footy career. No, it's good. And the thing being is, I played for North Tamworth when I was eight or nine years of age when I first okay. came to Tamworth I yeah. played with North so I um, that was the first proper season of football I'd ever had so I finished and started at the same club yep, um, yep. I know the juniors and seniors are different but wearing the same jersey to start and finish I think that's a bit of a novelty in yeah. itself Mate, not, not, not many people can uh, can say that now were you happy when you retired do, do you think um, I know there's probably been times when uh, you, you, you're shaking your head here and yeah. every now and then you hear the northeast saying, oh, Tommy's making a comeback. We've seen him doing road runs and he's doing chin-ups and burpees down the down the park. But is there any... So you're happy when you retire is basically what I'm... Oh, look, no. No, I'm not. I'm, um, <laughs> I'd love to play, but also understand. I, I realise where my limitations are. Mate. Yeah. My, I've got I've got a knee. Um, I've got a knee that just will not allow me to be effective on a rugby league yeah. field. And I felt that the last game I played. I was only a shadow of myself, you know. I was trying as hard as I could to try and to get out and play, but you're so limited. Um, you you've got to enjoy your footy. You, yeah. you have to yeah. enjoy your footy, and you have to enjoy your input. And if you can't, if you can't meet that, well, you know, I think sometimes it probably does more damage mentally than it does. Um, the physical and the mental rewards are just not there as much as you know when you walk off and you're satisfied with what you've done. You're satisfied with your, your game. That's a nice lead into the next question. Like the struggles, the struggles with. Um, not playing rugby league, and well, again, you played at the highest. You played for Australia, and you, you know you played 12 odd years, 10 years in, in the NRL. All of a sudden, all that's gone. And you know, just talk us through some of those struggles. Has there been struggles? I mean, yeah. by no means I'm suggesting that you've got any mental health issues, but I understand that guys go through oh, you know, that, that struggle of all of a sudden. There's Tommy Leroy's. I've got to go and have a drink with him, and then all of a sudden, there's you're nothing. If that makes yeah. that sounding harsh. And it's funny enough, like I can handle the nothing. I can handle that, you know. I'm, I, was, I was never, I was never one to to um, seek praise or approval. But what I was is that intrinsic motivation, that intrinsic reward that you get from, like I said, you walk into the change rooms after you've had a game of football, and you look at your mates and you go, right, we busted our backside yeah. to tonight, you know, like, and we've done our best, you know, and that satisfaction you get. It's the best time in rugby league that the, the hour after a game of footy, 100%. when you sit there and you're crook and sore, and you feel crook in the guts. And you, you know, you, 
you might have been whacked around the chops a few times, but you just feel content and you're yeah. happy. Um, that's the hardest part. I, not having that to look forward to on a Friday or a Saturday, that hurts me. Yeah. I struggle yeah. with that. Because, I mean, and you see, like, there's a lot of guys stay involved in the game, and, and some of them have done well with, with the commentary work, you mm. know, got their own podcasts and, and different things. That's right. Um, you're giving back now again, to, which is great, you know, and I think it's very admirable of you to come back and give your time, your knowledge, your experience, all of these kids coming through. So hopefully we'll have some future Tommy Leroy Larses coming through. Um, who's been your biggest influence on your rugby league career? Um, look, that's a hard one. You know, to single out one individual person is really hard, but I know that I can never really underestimate the role that Marty Moore played in that um, in my last couple of years here at Farrah. You know, in that first 13, um, and the way we trained and the way we prepared, you know, it, it meant that it wasn't such a cultural shock when I went to where I was going because, you know, I'd already seen a level of professionalism. Yep. So he played a big role. Um, Mark, because Marty played quite a few years in the NRL um, with the Roosters and I think uh, Balmain. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So he had that background knowledge as well. So Marty, um, Marty, when when I lived at Bathurst, yep. I was playing with Bathurst St. Pat's playing first grade. Marty was playing 18s. Yeah, right. Okay. Under 18s, and his uh, his childhood dream team was the Roosters, and that's all he wanted to do was play for the Roosters. And I yeah, still right. remember when he left Bathurst to go to go to the Roosters. So yeah, it's um, funny how rugby league works. Yeah. Eh? Like that's your dream, and that's what you do. My favourite player growing up was Gordon Tallis. You know, I love Gordon Tallis, watched him play every game, you know, just idolised the guy. And my, my first game of first grade, um, the very first game I packed down in, you know, I looked beside me and I'm packing down beside Gordon Tallis. And you, you got to stop and just take stops for a second. You go, yeah. what's going on here? Like, how is this happen? real? Um, um, Marty, just on Marty, like, he is the, the ultimate professional. Um, yeah. I, I played one year with him at West. Um, we won, we beat Norse at Norse and Marty retired after that. But what he brought to our club that year, um, it was just phenomenal, and again because he'd been there and done it. But he's fifty. He'd be forty. Is he fifty odd years of age now, and he's he'd be, he'd be fifty this year, I think. I'm fifty two, so he'd be one or two years younger than me. So yeah. he's and training out here today with these yeah. eighteen year olds, and he's put them like. And I don't think he'd mind me saying. Well, he, he wouldn't like me saying it broadly because <laughs> he's not. He, like I said, his self promotion is not something that Marty's big nah. on, but. He, he, he put the ringers through these these 18 year old boys who are fit and healthy he, young he loves blokes. the young bull old bull challenge yeah and he wouldn't yeah. let them beat him no. and that's what I was saying even that without saying a word and those kids would see that and they'd absorb that and they'd realise well, no, this bloke doesn't want us to beat him yeah. and yeah. that's that competitive streak you've got to have he's a, he's a very good man now who's been your, your biggest influence on your life in general in general um, look I'd like to say all my family but probably in particular even though my dad wasn't on the scene in terms of you know being present um being, uh, he lives in North Queensland, but he's the guy that I probably looked at as a standing board. Um, he was always that voice of reason um, when everything was a little bit sort of um, smoky and, and hazy. Then I didn't have the answers. He'd be the first bloke I'd pick up the oh, phone nice. and call because he he always seemed to put things pretty clearly. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a laid-back sort of guy. He doesn't say a hell of a lot. He actually rocked up to my origin debut with no shoes on. And my wife had to run down the street and give a pair of thongs. Yeah, he's from North Queensland. He's, he's, he's a New South Welshman, but he's he's a, he's a North Queenslander through and through now. But he's um he's a blue at heart. But he's um yeah just a but he was just one of those guys. He doesn't talk any nonsense. He's straight to the point. But yeah. it always seems to add a bit of clarity to what you're doing. But um and that's that's not an easy thing to say because geez, I've had some. Some pretty good people yeah. that I've met along the way. Yeah. Now, there's um, probably pretty obvious answers to this one, but any regrets out of the game? Oh, look, 
Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I do. I have regrets yeah. every day because, I, like I said, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess you would have had, to, would have loved to have had a, a, a longer career, as in no injury wise. I mean, a ten year, yeah. ten year term in the NRL is a long time, but yeah. more games from from less injuries. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like your turnover. Like I, I, I tell you one thing. I take pride in the fact that I was able to fight my way back every time, except for the last time, obviously. <laughs> from injury to get back and play so you got to be thankful for the things that you're able to achieve and and be thankful for the things that you did get as opposed to what you weren't able to achieve and, and all those things but um my biggest regret probably and if i could go back and talk to myself as a young and this is the reason this is the reason why i coach these junior sides now is i, I talk to myself about um you know being smart and not being so gung-ho I guess, and and realising that next week's another week, you yeah. know, like I, I, the amount of times I try to push myself through injury or or tell a coach I was all right, or um, or I used to train by myself, yeah. you know, even when I knew I shouldn't, you know, so I used to push the envelope all the time. Well, you you think, probably come through that era where it was a, a matter of toughen up, you'll be right sort yeah, of stuff. You know, it's not like it is now. Even even in that short time since you've retired, where it's changed now, where they're you know, more long managing injuries when you were coming through that probably wasn't there it was you'll be right we need you you'll be right we need you yeah you do and you and you push yourself and you push yourself and you push yourself but you're not looking at the big picture and you're not looking down the track and all i know that if i'd made some smarter choices as a younger bloke <laughs> you know i might have had a bit more longevity so yeah. I, I guess the biggest thing i try to tell young blokes all the time is listen to your body be smart and you know this is the other thing too there's time to drink beer and party and do those things with your mates there's always going to be times for that. Be very selective and choose your times. Because yeah. after a game of footy or after a big training session, recovery is the most important thing. Yeah, that, that's great advice. So the kids that are out there listening, um, take it from a bloke that's been there and done that, um, that, that little bit of advice. Now, what's one of your greatest memories of the game? Um, my, 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 I reckon my single most greatest memory was my origin debut and singing the national anthem. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I've ever the the emotion of just you know like it washed over me. The little tears. Yeah, it was. I was tearing up, and it was like three three years of just grinding yeah. with with injuries, like I said to you before, to get back on the paddock, and to think that I was never going to achieve that, you know, and, and to get there, I was like, it's this massive big like you said before, this sigh of relief to go far out. Like I, I can't believe I'm standing here, you know, like I could have. I could have been. Uh, I could have thrown this all away mm. if I if I'd given up. You given know what up, I mean. Yeah. So that was really that was an awesome feeling, and yeah, and that was. I remember going into the sheds at halftime. I'd played like 17 minutes in the first half in that Origin game, and I was like, well, oh, I couldn't remember a second of it. Like, it was that fast. And <laughs> how many minutes did you get in that one? I think I only played like 28 minutes mm. in the first Origin game, and then. Um, but that was probably enough. I was, you know, I was cool. It would have been quick. It was quick. Yeah, it was quick. But the following year, I remember um, game two, I ended up playing 63 minutes or something in one of the Origin games. So you do. You just adapt. Yeah, now, if you weren't playing rugby league, what, what would have been your next chosen sport? Sport? Uh, uh, look, I sort of grew up watching boxing. I love boxing. I um, always sort of enjoyed watching boxing. Um, not that I'm a good boxer, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but probably, um, probably cricket, eh? Yeah. Well, cricket was the other sport that I, I you, enjoyed. Actually, you played a bit of cricket last year, I think. Yeah, and once again, just built up my boxing. Um, I'm not, I'm not a good, um, I'm not a good cricketer. <laughs> well, you played first, mate. Yeah, I'm a good fielder. Um, 
but I'm good. I'm good. I've got good chat around the, around the dressing shoe. Bit I'm of a sledger. Sure also bring, no, I'm not a sledger either. I'm just bloody, I don't know. I just compete, I guess. But yeah. um, I love cricket. You know, cricket was the other sport. That was my summer sport. And just, um, yeah, probably if I could have excelled at another sport, it'd probably be cricket. Cricket. All right. Now, um, tell us something about you that people wouldn't know. Oh, far out. Something about me they wouldn't know. Uh, that's pretty tough. Um, I ask the hard questions. You do, mate. Poor kid. Yeah. I'm a bit of an open book. Uh, I don't have too many secrets. Um, geez, I don't really have anything for you there, Mick. Uh -huh. I guess I don't really have anything sort of that I... I have to find a harder question for the next yeah, question. Yeah. Um, who was your footy idol when you were growing up? Gordon Tallis, yeah. you said that earlier. I had a yeah. couple, mate. Yeah, Gordon Tallis is one. Um, and Laurie Daly was another. Yeah. Love um, the Loz. I did too, mate. And I actually had him as a coach as well. I had him as a coach in a couple of teams, mate. And I reckon he's up there one of the best coaches I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll make a great NRL coach, first grade coach at a club one day. I yeah, think he'll be. I think, I think he's been offered a couple of times. I, there's one reason or another that he doesn't take that lead. I'd love him so. to do it because yeah. I reckon he'd be successful. Um, who was um, sporting idol outside rugby league? Who was your sporting idol growing up? Um, sporting idol growing up outside of rugby league. Uh, probably like I was, I was grew up in the early 90s, so Mike Tyson, mate. Mike like Tyson. Mike Tyson was You're going to make a comeback, I see. Just annihilating you guys. Um, him, and, him and Evander are going to have a go? Yeah, sure. yeah well, that will be interesting. <laughs> but I actually wrote him a letter, um, and I got a reply when I was about in year, year one or two at oh, school. Okay. But it was, yeah, I've been had somewhere. <laughs> one of my teachers wrote the reply. <laughs> what was the letter for? What was it about? Was I just it? wanted to write him, write him and, um, yeah, say good day and tell him. How'd you find his it. address? Was no, it was a stitch up. Me grade two or whatever, primary school teacher. <laughs> said, yeah, no, we'll send it off to him. <laughs> so no address or anything like that. I don't know how I thought it was going to work. But yeah, I got a reply and I was chuffed. But then, yeah, like I said, once I realised that. When, when you got a bit old, it was like Santa Claus and that Easter Bunny. Yeah, that doesn't add up. That doesn't yeah, add up. I've been done here. All right, now I've got three questions where you get a little bit of time to think about. Yep. And then we finish off with five questions, so you're just going to bang. Yeah. Right, the three. Uh, Prime Minister, for a day, what would you change? Uh, Prime Minister, for a uh, Prime Minister, for a day, what would I change? Oh, mate, you know, the obvious one. I'd get rid of taxes. Taxes, everybody loves the taxes. Yeah. Um, Craig Power said he'd open the pubs. Open the public, public, yeah, at the public. moment, yeah. <laughs> Prime Minister today. Uh, if you won a million dollars, what would you do with it? If I won a million dollars, mate, family man, I'd have to just, um, I'd buy a house, live debt three, and um, go fishing. Uh, you love the bit of a fish, eh? Yeah, love it. Um, who was the biggest pest in your team? Now, you, put, you played with a few teams and you probably got a few pets. Well, you mentioned oh. one of them before, Mick. Ennis was at the <laughs> origin level, he's a pest. I actually played him on a Friday night or a Saturday night and we went into camp the next day and he did something to me and I wanted to fight him that night. And I had to room with him the next day at camp. Uh, I, thought, I thought we might have seen Chinny in there, but geez, uh, I mean, to beat Chinny, Mickey Ness is... Chinny's in there, Chinny's in there. Um, annoying though, uh, I guess... Um, not annoying, but just like constant. It was a bloke called Josh Miller. He was just yeah. just constantly funny, but used to just do, like, he's just full ball the whole cool. time. And just, uh, I suppose, he's just his energy was just, you know, he was mad. Yeah. Now, I've got five where you just got to bang the answer oh, without thinking. Okay, beer or bourbon? Uh, beer. Uh, blonde or brunette? Careful. Oh, this is, yeah, Amber's halfway between. Sandy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. We'll stay safe. Pie and a can of Coke or beer and a steak at the footy? Oh, boy, beer and a steak. Uh, celebrity crush? 
Scarlett Johansson. Okay, nice. And favourite superhero? Favourite superhero? Oh, Batman. Batman. Oh, yeah, Batman's pretty... Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you, Just Tommy Leroy Lars. No um, Thanks, Mick. Much appreciated, Tom. Cheers, mate. Thanks, buddy. All good. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week.